There is so much good stuff going on. I, I, I wasn't here just this one time. I wasn't here last Sunday, but I heard some great reports. We had Simon from Compassion speaking. And did you know we had another six kids that were sponsored here last week? Isn't that great? And in fact, um, you know, the number of sponsored kids through Compassion is just growing all the time in this church. And every time Simon comes to speak, which is usually about once a year, more and more kids get sponsored. And they're usually from the, sa- uh, the same area in Thailand, which means there is an opportunity for you. If you ever want to travel there and visit and see your sponsored kids, if that's where they're from, then you can do that. I just want you to know. You just let me know and I'll make sure um, that you know how that can happen. Um, the second thing I want to let you know is that the submission to council for our development application goes in this week, all right? Yeah, and so uh, during the week, actually the week before, the, again, the, the consultants be here, they've been working hard on the design, trying to make it work for us and to fit within any of the council regulations and whatnot. And so I want you to be praying, okay? Would you be praying that that goes through council quickly and smoothly? We pray for God's favour on it and, and favour from the Morton, Morton Bay Regional Council, and um, uh, you know, I'm excited about what's going on there, so let's keep praying for that. <coughs> Lastly, speaking of membership, I'll be having a, a, an information afternoon or a class, if you want to call it that, on Sunday, February the 23rd at 2 p.m. It'll be in the church office, but if you're interested in that, and I encourage you to consider it, just mark it on the back of your connections card. In fact, there's a box there that you can tick. And, um, and that just gets handed in to the ushers on the way out, and they will be sure to get that message to me. All right, as I've kicked off this year, I've been doing a lot of praying. God, what is it that you want for us in, in 2020 for your church here in, in Everton Hills? And the word that keeps coming to me through these prayers and, and through things that I've been reading in scriptures is the word grow. You probably work that out based on what you could see there to my left. Isn't that, doesn't it look good, by the way? Yes. Thank you to Adam and Kerry and um, the interns and others who helped put that together. That looks fantastic. But I believe the word that God's been giving me is grow. I believe God wants us to agree as a church together that he wants us to grow. I think that he wants us to work for growth. And to pray for growth. There's three ways that, that I think we need to grow. Upward, inward, and outward. And you may have heard those terms used before because um, that's really what all churches should be striving for is to grow in these three, three ways. And by upward, I mean God is looking for his church to grow closer to him and for us as a church to go deeper in our faith and quite frankly, you know, be more spiritual. And that will be the focus of today's message. I'll come back to that in a second. But by inward, I mean God is looking for this church to grow closer together in fellowship and love for each other. And, and to not only be, to continue to be a healthy church, but to specifically focus on our, on our emotional health, on our healthy systems and leaders and our care for each other. And, and how we welcome people into the family. And by outward, I'm talking about how we serve and reach out into our neighborhood to love and care for the, those who aren't walking with Jesus, for the unchurched, but specifically to lead more people to him, to Christ. And as someone said to me last year, we need to adopt an attitude as a church that the most important person in the church besides Jesus is the one who's not here yet. Now, 
that might, you might push back a little bit on that and say, no, we're all important, and that's true, but you, you get the spirit of that, don't you? You know, the person who hasn't yet come here actually has to be high on our priority list of who is important. So I believe God wants the church to grow. And I'm saying that includes the numbers of people in the church. And you might ask, why do I say that? Because that is what a church that is obediently fulfilling the Great Commission should be doing, is seeing growth. Now look at what Luke observed about the New Testament church in Acts chapter 2. We've read this one before, but let's read it again. Verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and they were sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and, and they were devoted to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Like, you, you just got to picture it, a sense of awe. Signs and wonders and miracles, and all the believers met together in one place, and they, they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money because some people were in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals together. There was great joy and generosity. All the while, they praised God and they were enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You can't help but see in that last sentence there, the church was growing. The numbers grew. This is what God was, was bringing, what the Holy Spirit was bringing at the time. There's obviously a will and a desire for a church to be growing. By addition, in the New Testament, it was every day. It was growing because people were being saved. And it was growing inward in fellowship and upward in relationship with Jesus. You know, I encourage you, go home and read that passage again slowly. And, and you'll see growth in all those three areas all throughout that passage happening. That's what was going on in the church. And if we love people and we want them in the kingdom, we have to grow. Our focus on growth needs to be more than on us. It's, it has to be for those who, who aren't yet with the Lord. You know, this is why I'm so passionate about Alpha. It's a simple method for us that works in our culture simply by loving someone and inviting them. That's, that's how simple our outreach strategy is here. Of course, there's lots of other things that we do to meet the needs of people and to reach out. But it can come down to this, love someone and invite them. Love someone and invite them. And if you want to know more about how Alpha works there was a sermon I preached last, I think it was around September. You'll find it online. It's worth having a look if I don't say so myself. And uh, just to find out about that, that idea. So not only do we need to reach the lost, but we also need to reach the, the de-churched. There's a whole group of people who have left the church over, over the last 30 or 40 years for whatever reason. And we can be a place of healing and restoration for them. And lastly... We need to grow through providing a home for Christians. There's always people moving into our neighborhood who, who God wants to lead into a fellowship somewhere around here. And we need to be ready to receive them and welcome them and love them as they come. For all of those reasons, we need to grow. 
So come back next week because I'm going to go deeper into that then. But for this week, I want to focus on the first area we're called to grow, and that's, that's our upwards growth. In other words, God is calling us to grow deeper into our connection, our understanding, and our trust in Him. You know, uh, you might be sitting there thinking, this kind of seems like a, a, a familiar sermon from you, Pastor. It, you kind of preach on this a lot, and I'm like, yes, I know that, and it's true, because we have to constantly be reminded and encouraged and inspired to go deeper in our walk with the Lord. And in fact, the truth is that this message is all the way through the New Testament. It's all the way through the Bible. It's a common theme. Jesus repeated himself often. Paul repeated himself often about things. And so um, don't be surprised when that happens. But within this passage today, you can sense the excitement from Luke about what this New Testament church was doing as they were growing in their connection with God. Can you picture yourself as part of it? Can you just see yourself in that moment? with the the church being birthed and the excitement that was going on, you know, the description of what it was like to be there at the time. They were meeting and worshipping and praising God together. They were under the teaching and instruction from leaders and pastors. They prayed together. And according to Luke, all this was done regular, regularly. In fact, for them, it, it it was just a daily thing. That's what they did. It was part of who they were. So point number one today is growing upwards means growing deeper. It's like saying I've got to go down to go up in a sense. I'm going deeper into my walk with the Lord. When you read Acts chapter 2, you, you can't help but miss the energy and excitement of the new church. There was a fire there. And the church was alive. And it grew in all these ways. And in verse 43, Luke describes the church as having miracles as a regular part of what was going on. And the, the sense of awe of the Lord that they were worshipping. It was a healthy growing church and a church that in many ways we, we hold up as an example for us. Yes, sometimes the culture is different, the context might be different, but a lot of what they were about we can, we can look to as a good example. They were pushing close into God. They were growing in their faith every single day. But as, as is often the case when it comes to our faith, that burning fire that was there in the beginning kind of, doesn't it just dwindle a little bit, sadly? You all know what I mean. There's a moment in your life where you're just, you're connected with the Lord and you're close to Him and, and things are changing. You know, you, the word sanctification starts to make sense to you all of a sudden because your life is changing. Things are going well with, with your walk. And either something happens or it's just the, the passage of time. But for whatever reason, we haven't been able to maintain the fire. Things start to go quiet, a little bit cooler for whatever reason. So here we are in this New Testament church and the, the, the fire is raging. And only 20 or 30 years later, suddenly we start to read these letters and these epistles from um, the apostles, kind of encouraging them and warning them, hey, church. Something's going wrong. The fire is kind of going out a little bit. For some reason, the growth has stopped. I'm interested in what the writer of Hebrews had to say about this. And I'm going to read some of that. Now, we don't really know who the author of Hebrews is, by the way. There's been lots of speculation. Is it Apollos, Barnabas, Paul? It's a great... Um, book of the Bible. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. 
So whoever the author is, is for us today. I'm going to read this, but let me warn you, this writer doesn't hold back. So brace yourself. But I encourage you as you read these words, do not put up a wall. Do not think this is for someone else. God's word speaks to all of us. So we're in Hebrews chapter 5. We're just at the end of a section when the author was talking about who Jesus is and what he has done for us. And here's what he says from verse 11. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult, it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. This hurts a bit, right? You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And then into chapter 6, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Obviously, he was thinking about what was going on in the church at the time. You know, we're not that far away from when Jesus was here, when this was written. It's not that far in history. This message was specifically for Christians. And for whatever reason, God said this needed to go into the Bible to be passed down through the ages for us today. So it's for us. I call this sermon Grow Upward, but here's what I think the writer of Hebrews is saying to the church that he is writing to, just grow up. Be done with the milk. So while I was walking, uh, working through this passage, uh, I'd written out a, a lot of things. And I thought, Lord, how do I bring this? I don't want to sound like I'm condemning anybody. I felt like God said, well, what am I saying to you, Nathan. And then share that. So here's what I feel like God said to me through this passage. And I just want to say, I'm going to be really honest with you here. Don't hold this against me. Here's what I feel like the Lord said to me through Hebrews chapter 5. He said, Nathan, why do I need to keep telling you the same thing over and over? You're a follower of me, and being a true follower means there should be obvious signs of growth. There are signs, but honestly, there isn't enough given how long you've followed me. After all these years, you still do evil. Sometimes you're still angry. Sometimes you could be arrogant. You're ignorant of some of my teaching I've seen you sometimes judging others. You're still not completely honest with me. Sometimes this can be self-centered. You don't fully trust me. So stop it. As, As our old friend Pastor Lex would always say. That's the answer to a lot of things in our life, by the way. Those two words. Continuing on, here's what I think the Lord was saying. 
the change I want to work in you doesn't come by magic, Nathan. It doesn't come by doing nothing and just hoping that I will do it all for you. You have to invest in your own growth. You have to do your side of this relationship. I've done everything I can and I promise I will do more. But you have to listen to and submit to the Holy Spirit in you. Don't quench him. You should be teaching others even deeper truths by now than you are. I want to grow the kingdom with you, so do all you can to set the example. You should know my words I gave you better than you do because I wrote them down and you've had them all your life. Please grow up in your faith and in your emotions. Grow up in how you live your life and how you love me and how you love others. I love you more than you know. A growing relationship with me is to the life to the full. It's filled with fruit that is good. So come on. On this day, hear and respond to my words. Let's move forward together. And I felt like that was what God was saying to me on Friday when I was working through that passage. And I share it to you with uh, vulnerability, I guess you'd say. And, and I ask you to think about what is God saying to you? When he says, enough of the milk, enough of the simple things of faith. It's time to go deeper and to grow. If those words ring true for you, then they're meant for you. We've got to get off the milk bottle, church. Has anyone seen the, the Francis Chan sermon where he walks out with a bottle of milk? Yes. You can Google it when you get home. and He was tougher than the writer of Hebrews. But it's good stuff. It's worth watching. <clears throat> we need to get off the milk bottle, church. But to do that requires that we put the bottle down, say no more of that. I'm going into something deeper and I'm going to be challenged. And it's going to require discipline and stretching and sacrifice, all the things we don't want to do. But that's what it takes. Point number two this morning is growing upward goes against our shallow consumer culture. You know, it's so easy to slip into a Christian consumer life. Do you know what I mean? It's easy in our Western world to just cherry pick the bits of Christianity that kind of make us feel good. And they're, a little, they're the easy bits. We can choose our favorite author or musician or preacher and cherry pick our favorite verses and consume just enough to make us feel good about our faith. But I don't think that's going deeper. In fact, I don't even think it's Christianity. That's not repentance, is it? That's treating faith in Jesus like a side issue, a hobby, or worse, like a chore that we don't really want to do, but we do just enough of the bits that we find easiest because we know we should do something. But that's not what Jesus did for us. So we should respond in kind. Faith in Jesus is an all-in proposition. It's the difficult narrow road we talked about two weeks ago. The writer of Hebrews, it's a wake-up call when he sends this message to us. Obvious signs of growth and maturity should be evident. And it doesn't happen without our devotion to God and our commitment to say, I've got to grow. I've got to take action if I'm going to grow. The church has an important part to play in this. We need to understand that the church is not just a refuge for us 
and a place of comfort. It's not just a place for us to be inspired with great music and um, to be with our friends, even though all those things are great and important. And I'll, I'll come back to those a bit more next week. The church is a place for us to do the hard work of true discipleship and life change together. Our culture says take the easy way out. You know, we, we have a culture that is dedicated to being more comfortable and more comfortable and more comfortable. Take the easy way out. Just do the minimum if you want. And we've got to fight that culture in our faith if we want to grow upwards in our walk with the Lord. Point number three is growing upward. Sometimes means slowing down. Kind of feels like I'm saying the opposite to what I was just saying. I wasn't saying to be busier. I was saying that we have to work harder with our, on our walk with the Lord. But sometimes we have to actually slow down. An overbusy life will not only distance you from your family and loved ones, it will distance you from God. I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, doing too much. It comes back to bite us. It doesn't have a really good upside, to be honest. In the, in the short term, it might. In the long term, it costs us something. We need to have a slowed down life and a slowed down spirituality. There is a reason why God said, take one day in seven away from everything. Take a day off, for goodness sake. God knew we are made in his image and even he had to rest. We need to have a slowed down life and a slowed down spirituality, one that takes time to be with our loved one, one that takes time to reflect. You know, it's really hard because of the distractions that are before us. When there is time to reflect, the screens come up, and I'm guilty of this too, and it robs us of this time that we need. What did we used to do before we had all those screens, I wonder? Yeah, Adam doesn't know. <laughs> Someone over the age of 50 can tell him. <laughs> what did we used to do? We used to talk a lot. That's a good thing. We used to be with each other. We would read a book. We would take time to go for a walk and look out at, the, at nature and, and to pray and, and do those sorts of things. But we have to slow down and rest and sometimes even have fun and dwell in the presence of the Lord. Dwell in the presence of the Lord. Now, I've preached on that one a lot, all right? So I'll stop there. Maybe I'll give you another sermon on that later in the year because I, I just believe in it. Growing upward, point number four, growing upward requires the church to go deeper. And as the pastor of this church, God has given me an important responsibility. And according to the word, I'm going to be held account, accountable for this. I'm going to be held to account. So can you help me, please? <laughs> can you hear the words and encourage each other? It's my job and the elder's job and the leader's job to hold on to truth and to spur us into holiness, to be deeply committed followers of Jesus who love and hold true to his word, to resist the temptation to sacrifice depth of discipleship for a wider but sometimes shallower appeal, which is tempting sometimes. Jesus invented the church 
It was his idea and he put us together. You're here today because of what Jesus decided. And he did it because discipleship is hard and we need each other. We're not just here to talk about the weather after a Sunday service. Or I know, I know today's a good day to do that, right? But that's not all we should do. You know, and I get this, but why, why do we find it a little awkward sometimes to go to our walk, to our relationship with God and talk about our faith, even with, within these walls here? You know, it's easy to talk about how bad the Broncos are doing or, or how, how good the weather is or whatever it is. It's so easy to go there first, isn't it? But what, what if we talked more about how we're going in here and, and went past the, the shallow talk a little bit. Do you hear what I'm saying? We are a place to spur each other on, to encourage each other to go deeper, to hold and to hold each other to account in a loving, gracious way. To love and appreciate the spiritual disciplines. To pray together and lay hands and wait on the Lord together, to worship together, to grow in our love and understanding and obedience of our King, Jesus. That's why we're here together, because we're good at helping each other do that. Or we should be. But we need to grow. We have to grow. You can't grow and have health without feeding yourself like any plant or tree needs to, with water, light, and nutrients. You need things to grow in your walk with the Lord. The New Testament church got it. They worshipped together. They sat under the teaching of the disciples. They applied that teaching to their lives together. They prayed together daily, apparently. They held each other to account. They gave sacrificially together. They shared together in the Lord's Supper regularly. They cared for the poor and the vulnerable together. They made that part of their mission. They were the salt and light in the community. And they were better at it because they were together. And the Lord added to their number daily. It's time for us to grow. I love this version, Colossians 2. Please don't roll your eyes because I share it all the time with you. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow stronger in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Deep roots in him, our Lord Jesus. It's time to put our roots down deeper. If you feel like you're, you know what I mean by roots, right? The depth of your relationship and faith and trust in the Lord. If you feel like, you know, they're just, pastor, they've always felt like they're just an inch deep. It's time to set them down deeper. And this scripture says that you have to let your roots go down. In other words, there's something we have to do to see those roots go down deeper. I challenge you today, do it. There are lots of things you can do. I've preached on many of them before. Today I'm going to give you three things that we're going to do as a church family together. And I encourage you, do at least one of these things, if not all three. The first thing is, you know we're doing a month of prayer and fasting. The one thing you can say about the early church is that they prayed together all the time. It's not just in that passage in Acts 2. It's all the way through Acts and other, other letters. You'll see that they prayed. 
It was just what they did. They weren't scared of it. They didn't resist it. They were prayers. The Bible says at times they prayed without ceasing. If we're to grow upward, inward and outward, we must pray. I promise you, if we're not praying, the Lord won't do his thing here. He, he told us that's, that's what he does. He responds to our prayers. You know, if you're a small group leader here this morning, I'm just going to tell you, as your pastor, I'm asking you to put a priority on prayer in your small groups. And if you're a ministry leader, lead with prayer first and foremost. And remember, you're praying to the king. And it's not just a, an off-handed thing to get out of the way. You stop and you enter into his presence. I want to encourage you, church, jump into our Wednesday night prayer meetings if you can. February is our month of prayer and fasting. By fasting, I mean we're, on Wednesdays, we're fasting from food all the way up until after the prayer meeting on Wednesday night. So we're skipping breakfast and lunch and all of those little meals we have in between usually, right? And may, may I encourage you, fast other things if they distract you as well. Take that time in the morning at lunch and other times to actually be praying and spending time with the Lord. We don't just skip food like some kind of magic thing is happening, okay? We're spending time with the Lord. And those hunger pains that you feel remind you how much he provides and supplies and how much we depend on him. So fast if you can. Please come at least once in February. We've already had our first Wednesday night, on Wednesday, uh, this Wednesday night just gone, and it was fantastic. I encourage you to come if you can. Now, if you can't, because I know that not all of you can, please pray at home or wherever you are. It's from 6.30 to 7.15. Pick a time within that. You'll be praying with us. In fact, the, there was a group of people riding bikes around New Zealand last week, and they texted me and said, we're praying the same time as you are, Pastor. There's a whole group of them over there, which is fantastic. If you've got little ones, as I always say, I know they're probably not going to pray for 45 minutes with you, but just do it for three minutes, five minutes, something like that. I loved hearing uh, little Nova, was it? On Wednesday night, she came and prayed in a, in a group of people, and I could hear her. You know, it's the most wonderful sound when the church is praying. Do you remember a few weeks ago, I asked you to all pray at the end of a service? It's a beautiful sound, and I think it's beautiful to the Lord as well when we all pray. There will also be a 12 p.m. opportunity to pray on Wednesdays here that a few people are taking advantage of. Pastor Steve is leading that one, so I'm saying pray. Listen, church, God will respond. He will move. I promise you. Please come if you can. Leaders, definitely come if you can. The second thing is, uh, you would have heard me talk about this many times, but we're starting this Immersed Bible Reading Program next week. So it starts on Monday the 17th is the first time you should open this and start reading. I know some of you are already doing reading plans in your devotional time. I'm just saying, can you put it aside for eight weeks? Because together as a church... We're going to read the whole New Testament together. And I am excited about that. It's going to be great. And if you did that with us four or five years ago, I can't remember how long it was. It was good then and it's going to be good again. It's okay to do it again, I promise you. 
So starting February the 17th, these Bibles are available at the information desk today. The cost is zero to $15. Okay, what I mean by that is everyone should have one. Hopefully I have enough. I bought more than last time. So that was a little faith step, right? I think that we're going to use them all. What I want is all of us reading the whole New Testament together. This is a different kind of Bible. Yes, the words are the same. It's a New Living Translation. But inside, they reorganized the books into, um, a, a, in my opinion, a good order to make it more readable. They've stripped out all of the chapter numbers, verse numbers, columns, cross-references, um, subheadings, and all that other stuff that we put into our Bibles, which is great and helps us, but this is just plain words. The words as they were written, except they're in our language. And we're going to read it. Here's the commitment. Five days a week, about half an hour a day, depending on your reading speed. But don't rush it, because you want to get something out of it for eight weeks. You might say, that's half an hour a day, Pastor. Just take a minute to think about everything you do each day. And I bet you, you can find half an hour. I bet you that Netflix show can wait eight weeks. <laughs> I bet you, we, some of you, we, you, we scroll for more than half an hour a day. Wouldn't it be awesome just to read God's word and see what he says to us? I'll give everyone a free marker pen, highlighter pen, because he will speak to you. And here's what you've got to do. There's no homework. All you've got to do is as you re- so pray before you read, Lord, Holy Spirit, speak to me through your word. Highlight the bits that he speaks to you through or the bits that you didn't get. That's fine too. Or that you have questions about. The bits that challenged you, whatever it is, get the highlighter out and highlight it. And then what will happen is, for many of you, there's an opportunity in the small groups, some new ones starting, to actually have what we're going to call an immerse reading club for eight weeks, where there'll be no set structure except for maybe tea, coffee, and a Tim Tam. Yes. And, and we'll share. What has God revealed to me? Or we'll ask questions. Does anyone know what this means? Hopefully someone has an answer. And if they don't, that's okay too. So I want to encourage you to do this. Each Sunday we're going to preach from that week's readings. Okay? So we'll pick a... As we read it, we'll say, Okay, God, what do you want us to speak on? That section there, we'll preach on it. But you've already read it. And so it'll just... You'll know the context. You'll know what's around it. It'll be better, right? Good. Lastly, and I need to wrap up, in your uh, bulletin this morning is this flyer on small groups here at Hills Church. If you're new to the church in the last year or so and you haven't been able to find your way into a small group, so I invite you to try to find one today. There is a sign-up opportunity at the back of the church there with all of the groups that you can put your name down on there. You know, small group leaders, if you're here today, it's kind of your job to help us with this. If you meet someone who's newer to the church, Invite them into your small group, or if your small group's not appropriate for them, help them find another one. Let's be active, proactive about this. In this church, we do semester groups. That means every semester, at the end of every semester, we stop, and at the start of the next semester, we start again. That gives you an opportunity 
to exit one <laughs> and move into another. For good reasons, right? And so it gives you a chance to uh, meet new people, to connect with new people. Or if you just feel like, you know what, I'm not really getting anything out of that small group anymore, you can move to something else. I'm just saying that that's okay. I'm saying you can do that. That's the reason we do that. It gives our small group leaders a break. They're going to start up again this week. And, um, and so now's a chance for you to jump in on board with that. So within this little brochure, you'll find some information. There's three types of small groups. There's the traditional small groups. We have these things called side door groups. They're, they're uh, probably less about discipleship and more about fellowship and also connecting with people outside of the church. So you can, you can do a side door group if you want. Let us know. And, and a group of people from the church do a special interest. For example, the, the, uh, the guys who ride bikes on Saturday mornings. And it's an opportunity to invite someone to that and have a spiritual discussion if you can. Or invite them to something at the church. Uh, let me share this. There's a pastor in this area who is telling me that he's got four young guys in his church that all work at the same cafe. And they talk so often and positively about the church, the owner of the cafe eventually said, can I come? <laughs> and they said yes. And he came along and heard the word and became a Christian. This is the idea of side door groups. It's um, giving people an opportunity to experience not only your fellowship, but to hear what's great about the Lord and about the church. Okay, do you understand what I'm saying about that? Good. The second thing, there's the traditional small groups. We do these things called Sunday PM or Sunday evenings, which is usually like an alpha or a marriage course or something like that. Lastly, for this term only, some of our small groups will do the Immerse reading, and I've put it after their name in brackets. It says Immerse. So you know that that small group will do the eight weeks of, um, of the book club, Okay. And there's also one, one or two that have started up just for that. So Pastor Steve's going to do an early morning one for the men. And I'm doing one on a Sunday afternoon from 4.30 to 6. It's kind of aimed more at, if you're kind of a bit newer to the faith, uh, or reconnecting with your faith, or still on that journey of, of faith, whatever it is, then that small group's going to be for you, and I'm going to head that one up, and it'll be here. Find a small group if you can. This is how we grow. Hey, one last thing. If you can't find a small group, consider starting one. Go and see Pastor Steve about that. Not everyone can lead a small group, but some can. And so you should talk to us, and we'll try our best to help you. So church, let's grow together. Let's grow closer to, to the Lord. Let's know him more. Let's hear his voice better. Jump on board with the nurse. Join a small group or start one. Learn to love praying together. You know, stretch yourself. Feed yourself. Put down the bottle. Slow down if you need to. Take a break or at least ease back from all the distractions that are consuming our hearts and our minds. There's a battle going on for our eyes and our minds and our hearts. Now, I promise if we invest in our growth, if we feed ourselves, if we set our roots deep into Jesus, there will be this overflow that talked about in that scripture that was on the screen behind me earlier. There will be an overflow 
an overflow of thanksgiving, there will be the fruit. There will be growing trees. The vine will be strong. The fruit will be obvious. Next week, I want to talk about growth in our fellowship and growth in our outreach. I want to talk about being a church like in Acts 2 where people were added to their fellowship daily. And it's exciting. Yes? This morning, to finish off, would you stand with me? Um, I want to invite our small group leaders. I know some of them are out with kids and, and whatever. Just to come to the front, we want to pray for you as we finish off today. Would you mind just coming forward? If you're a small group leader in any capacity, just come and stand at the front on the lower step. That's you. Can I get the prayer team just to come and surround these guys, please? If you're from part of the prayer team, just come and lay a hand on someone. And church, I want you to join me in praying for our small groups and our, our growth and our discipleship for 2020. Is there any other small group leaders? All right, elders, I'll get you to come and fill in the gaps and lay some hands here, please. Come forward. You can stand in front. It's okay. You can stand in front of them. All right. Lord, this morning, I think your word is clear, Lord, that you're calling us to go past just your wonderful, gracious gift of salvation you've given us and to grow deeper in our walk with you. So, Lord, as a church this morning, we're responding to that. And I'm praying, Holy Spirit, that you will help us that you will lead us, that you will guide us. I want to pray, Lord, for all of these leaders here, these small group leaders, that in our small groups this year, as they meet, there will be life change. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will fill those rooms, those homes, and God, that there will be an irresistible desire to serve you more, to love you more, to love others. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will bring the gift of leadership into these people. I pray, God, for prayer times where the fire burns strong, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, that there will be um, times of accountability. There will be times, Lord, where we stretch each other, where we go deeper in our walk with you, where we hold each other up when we fall, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, for small groups in Hills Church that we have never seen them before, God. I'm praying, Lord, that your scripture will come alive to us as we read it. I pray your words will jump off the page and into our hearts this year, God. I pray, Lord, that we will be made new in the name of Jesus. God, I am expecting that there will be great things because you are the author of great things. God, where we need Um, your help. We pray that you fill those gaps, Lord. We pray, God, that you will guide every word we say and step we take and thought we have. Lord, I pray that we will overcome the things that hold us back, the things, Lord, that uh, tend to um, drag us down. Instead, Lord, we will overcome and rise up in Jesus' name. And Lord, this is going to happen in our small groups this year. There'll be mini churches. There'll be mini revivals. There'll be times of invitation and outreach, God. And I pray, Father, for your hand of blessing now and your favor. I pray, Lord, that you will make a way where where it doesn't seem like there is a way because you are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. You are the promise keeper. 
and you are the light in the darkness. In Jesus' name, amen.